0: Like work to to you Nah This is the Double A Balls Podcast With your hosts See, now we're spitting hot fire Andrew
1: Romanella I like that
0: That's what I'm talking about I'll be the best cheerleader Father Time apparently
1: doesn't know Tom Brady's address And Anthony Rinaldi Love the hardwood That's my passion Houston, they don't have a problem. Listen, you don't even have to listen Nah it's time for the
0: show Yes, indeed, yes, indeed This is the Double A Balls Podcast Episode 16 coming at ya I am your host, Andrew Romanella And alongside me is my partner, Anthony
1: Rinaldi Hey, Drew, how are you? Probably not bad Bombing a beer out of a catfish, huh? Definitely not. Go Titans,
0: go. Great episode here for you on the Double A Balls podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Social media. <laughs> At Double A Balls on both. Visit the website, Podcast.com. Get your apparel, powerarmperformance.com. And, of course, subscribe. Apple Podcast, iTunes, and PodBeat, NHL, NBA. NFL, what do you got? What does Anthony know about sports? It's a jam-packed show, and we're going to the ice off the bat, Mr. Rinaldi. That's the hard ice. The hard ice we are going to, and we got a lot of great series in the NHL right now. Anthony Rinaldi, every series but one, tied up one-to-one right now. Currently, while we broadcast, the Lightning and Bruins are in the third period. I want to start with the Capitals and the Penguins because I think, personally, that's the most intriguing series we have in the NHL right now. Obviously tied up one-to-one in Game 1-1. Of this series, you saw the Washington Capitals give up their fourth lead in seven playoff games that they had played, and you saw the Penguins score what I believe was three goals in the matter of about five minutes, and take the game in game one of that series, Anthony. And then you saw the Capitals
1: bounce back, though, and that's a series tied one-to-one. Very
0: intriguing, Crosby versus Ovechkin.
1: You got to like what Washington did, at least in game two there. I know losing game one that way. Was that another two goal lead they lost, or was it only? Yes, a... sir. Wow. That's four a... at that
0: time they had lost four games, four games and seven they had played in the playoffs where they
1: had a two goal lead and they blew it. But you saw, I mean, listen, Ovi took it to him right way he scored in the first ten seconds of the game. Yeah, they gave up. The
0: Penguins gave up a goal seventeen seconds into the first period and twenty eight seconds into the third period. And that was the goal to Ovechkin. So it was two nothing and. Ovechkin scored quick in the third and you thought wow is Washington going to come out here and take a quick 1-0 lead in this series playing a great game number one and then you saw what the Penguins could do and it was four minutes and 49 seconds they scored three goals in the third period to win that game and of course it all
1: starts with Sidney Crosby. Sid the Kid. Although, I guess you really can't call him a kid anymore, right? mean, no. How old is that kid now? 32? Yeah, and he's just he's just getting better. And that's, even that's young, though. That's young. He,
0: he's LeBron of the NHL. So that series, game three, Tuesday night, and game four, Thursday night. Both of those games in Pittsburgh, so that she- series shifts that way. Look for, that's a good goalie matchup as well between Murray and Holpe, so look for that series. That's going to be a fun one. I think that one might go the distance. If not, it's at least a six-game series. Moving forward with the Golden Knights and the Sharks. This is a very intriguing series and you got me fired up today because of something that happened in overtime of this series but game one win the Golden Knights scored seven goals seven different scores in that game. The San Jose Sharks however came back with a sec two overtime four to three victory with a little
1: controversy. Yeah I don't think that should even happen there. I showed you this video. It's all over the interwebs. I'm sure you can find it if you haven't seen it live. It was not goalie interference. Yeah, the goalie interference call that neg- uh, negated a, eventually would have been the game-winning goal in overtime. But, like I said, it was or apparently disallowed for goalie interference. We move on, and the Sharks win in, the, in second overtime, which, you know, is probably a pretty important victory, Andrew, because you don't want to go down 0-2 to this upstart Vegas expansion juggernaut.
0: And it was a huge win for the Sharks, and I, it just bothers me so much when officials have an effect of an, an outcome of a game, especially a big game, a really big game. And that was the first loss the Golden Knights suffered this playoffs.
1: Well, let me ask you, since you are our hockey guru on the show, are the refs in the ho- are the hockey refs like uh, get get the blame like the NFL refs or the NBA refs now too much? No, I think no, nobody wants to see the zebras on, on skates? I think out of the four major sports, the NHL referees might be the best ones. Well, let me ask you, because I feel like Pittsburgh may have a gripe with you in that... That was a goal. That was a goal? I'm sorry. And, uh, well, no, how about that How about that nasty hit? I don't mean to really discuss it with that Pence cap, but that, I believe his name's Tom Wilson. Kind of a dirty player I hear from your boy Humpty today all over the airwaves, claiming that he should have been suspended and whatnot. See, what surprised me about there not
0: being a suspension was I felt like with the way the NHL has been coming down on hits of that nature, I feel like it at least warrants a one-game suspension because that seems to be the consistency, one, throughout this entire season, but this playoffs
1: because we've already seen some suspensions this playoffs. All right. I, you know what? Listen, I'm going to go with you. You're the hockey guy. It just looked like the do kind of – you kind of almost like targeting in football. He, he, he found his target. He hit him low or in the head, I should say or More like in a shoulder, but it was like head continued. I don't know, it looked pretty dirty to me, dude. I'm just proud you're watching and having knowledge
0: of what is going on in the NHL. The Predators and the Jets also tied up one to one. They play game three Tuesday night and game four Wednesday, excuse me, Thursday night as that series shifts to Winnipeg. A lot going on in this series. Connor Hellebuck. 47 saves in the 4 1 game win for the Winnipeg Jets. However, the Predators in overtime. That was another two overtime game of 5 4 winner Kevin Fiala for the Nashville Predators. So that series is tied up 1 1. That was a smooth goal, man. I even saw that one myself. Oh, man. It was just beautiful. When, when you see the goaltender, when you see the full net after you make the move, you know you've done everything you needed to do. And that's exactly what Fiala did. So the Predators bounce back, big win, that series shifts to Winnipeg. If you're the Winnipeg Jets, you obviously, it's a no-brainer, so you want to win both at home. But no matter what, at the end of the day, if you're Winnipeg, you need to split it because you know Nashville is that good of a team that you just need to find a way. If, I, if it's me, Game 3 is the biggest game for Winnipeg because if you win Game 3, you can't afford to ever lose a game in the playoffs, but you might be
1: able to afford to lose game number four. Andrew, let me drop a little nugget on you. I really dug deep in the NHL vault to, today, studying it my it notes me. to give it to you because I'm really excited about the NHL playoffs. Give it to me. This game, or this this series won't get the best ratings. That'll probably be the pens and the caps, right? I would agree. This won't be the most compelling personnel rivalries, right? That's probably still Penn's Caps. However, these are the two top teams in the regular season. It's yeah. not an, I mean, it's not an expansion team trying to make history, right? But I hear if you love hockey, this is probably going to be the best series because, like you just said, these are the two leading point scorers. And let me ask you this. In Game 1, Nashville controlled almost 70% of the shot attempts and the scoring attempts. But like you said, your Vezina Trophy nominee... Look at that, name-dropping trophies. Yes, sir. Hellebuck stood on his head in game one. And And at the
0: end of the day, you need a fantastic goaltender to make a run, and they have that. And so is Nashville
1: by doing with pecorine. That's a, pecorine. That's a name. That is a name. That's that is a name, is a name right,
0: there. right there. And the last series, as we mentioned before, the Lightning and the Bruins currently playing as we broadcast. By the end of this podcast, we will have a final, and that is a very good series. Listen, game number three for that series, Anthony, is on Wednesday, and game number four is on Friday. That series is going back to Boston and Tampa Bay is a very quick team, a very deep team, and we can see how good they are offensively. Their power play is phenomenal. We saw it against the New Jersey Devils. It felt like they scored every single time they had a power play option. But to me, Tuka Rask, Patrice Bergeron, Rick Nash, and the Boston Bruins are just a force. And I, I see them and winning this series,
1: but I think this could go seven. Oh, easily. I think this is probably, again... Not being much of a hockey guy, but you know, it's what a compelling series. Boston, yeah, you know, I would say steamrolled through the the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, but and went to Game Seven. Obviously, Game Sevens are always what you want to see, and they continue that in Game One, dropping a six pack on the Lightning. So I thought, all right, here you go, Boston's just gonna steamroll. But like you said, Tampa Bay's deep, and uh, they have a pretty good goaltender themselves, because obviously, because they weren't they uh, first in the division last year. No, this year. Yes, and no ma-
0: this year they were number one in the division. You are correct. And no matter what, at the end of the day, you're going back to Boston for two for game three and game four. And you had home ice advantage, and you lost it by losing game number one. So at the end of the day, no matter what, you have to go in and win one of the two games in Boston to shift that back in your favor a little bit. And you know what, Anthony? Because we're talking about the NHL and we're on the ice, we're going to remind you that if you're on thin ice with your kitchen, your bath, your deck, you want some remodeling, some interior trim, some redesign, if you need anything, we have that for you with Frankie Franchise Construction. You can call him at 973-789-6236 or email him at frank.franchiseconstruction at gmail.com. Remodel and re-love your home with franchise construction. That is your franchise NHL update coming at you on the Double A Balls podcast. Tweeter, the gram, at Double A Balls on both slide in the DMs. Find us. Let us know how you feel. Send us an email, doubleaballs at gmail.com. Calm, rolling through Anthony Rinaldi. I know I threw you for a loop because we started with hockey. So now we will dribble our way over to your beloved Hardwood. The NBA playoffs. LeBron
1: James. What is going on? Oh, you mean LeBron James, Mr. 13 and 13-0 in the first rounds? Mr. LeBron James? That's the one thing he has. With no help? <laughs> over Michael Jordan. You're right. He but, has no help. I mean, Zero. listen, this team... For, for being handpicked by Mr. LeBron, I don't got no... I mean, I got... Obviously, I got my bananas riding on LeBron, so I'm going to roll with him. But, I mean, he did it to himself, right? I mean, he picked... He picked these guys. I don't think... I think there's a crazy stat out there that not... Uh, there's a, there isn't one single player that scored over 20 points in the series. It's was, it was LeBron, 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 and LeBron. That's what's
0: crazy, is he's literally carrying their team... His numbers from the other night's Game 7, 105-101 win over the Indiana Pacers. 16 of 25 from the field. He played 43 minutes, was 2 of 3 from beyond the arc. He scored 45 points, had 9 rebounds and 7 assists. Oh, 4 steals as well. Legitimately the man for the Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: See? He's a man. But I still take the field. He's a man, Andrew. Because I don't think they're... He's youth. not a machine. You saw him bleed. Just like in Rocky, baby. And you that's saw him problem. bleed. You saw Drago bleed. So now they go
0: in and they play the Toronto Raptors in game number two, who are a very good team. We're seeing for the first time some type of confidence, I say, slightly in the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs. Now, this is where they prove it to me. This is not that good of a Cleveland Cavaliers team. Listen, LeBron looked tired. He's played every game this year. He's the only way they win a basketball game. And they have to flip it on right away after winning a tough game seven against the Indiana Pacers. I don't think he, A, can sustain that against the Toronto Raptors, who are a significantly better team, because you got to think about the matchups in this next series and the depth, the difference in depth between the Raptors and the Pacers, and then secondly, the turnaround time. Never in his NBA career to this point in the last about six to eight years has he really had to work that hard in the first round to get out and not have a supporting cast alongside.
1: You're going to find out exactly what LeBron has in him in this round two series. Oh, 100%. He starts, I believe, on Tuesday, and you're going to see... I mean you're right, this has to be Toronto's time. This is you basically have a wounded animal. I know I know you don't want to corner a wounded animal, they say, but I mean LeBron is physically drained. I think he played thirty-five minutes straight in that game seven and If he doesn't get the cramps, he plays every minute of that game. Oh yeah, I think he even looked into the stands that his family and was like yes. I'm playing every I'm playing this game. He said he don't he said
0: after out. the game that he had told Ty Lue going into it that he was playing every minute that he had to in that ball game, And I think that's the understanding from, of LeBron and Ty Lue, that that's the only way we're winning this ballgame. But to the credit of the bench players in Game 7, when LeBron went out with cramps, they were only up by 2. When he came back into the game in the fourth quarter, they were up by 9. So they found a way to add seven points to that lead. So to the credit of the bench players, Tristan Thompson, whoa. Hello. Mr. Kardashian. Welcome back to playing NBA-style basketball. George Hill, very nice job off the bench. Somebody that we haven't really seen in the series dealing with some injury. So you saw some guys come off the bench and do some things for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But, Anthony, I just don't think they're deep enough to beat Toronto in seven
1: games. Man, you know, I'm very disappointed in Larry Nance Jr., I agree with that. I mean, I thought this dude, I I, I watched a few of his highlights in, in La La Land. Yeah, you know, I thought he was a good player, a rim rocker. But clearly, he, I mean, all he got is that, that, that jam. I mean, he's, he's got no J, he's got no outside shot that he, that's consistent. I mean, his his defense is kind of lackluster at best. Even, I mean, Clarkson off the bench is a nice little depth piece. But like you said, Toronto all season has been built. On speed and bench depth.
0: Cleveland had 17 bench points in Game 7. 17. It's
1: not a lot, I don't think.
0: That's not winning you a championship. No. And I don't think that's beating the Toronto Raptors, but let me ask you this. If it does beat the Toronto Raptors, what do you do? If you're Toronto?
1: Yeah. Ship some of your players to New
0: York. I'd trade everybody. i will take Rosen. I would trade everybody. I would blow the whole thing up because clearly something's not working there.
1: Right, but, I mean, listen, LeBron is the kryptonite to Toronto. So we'll see. Because I think they're going to put the rookie on him. I, I, I'm probably going to butcher his name, I apologize. I believe. Anobi. Listen, he guarded him a lot in the regular season. And when, when he was on LeBron, LeBron was very good, don't get me wrong. You know, typical LeBron. LeBron's number. always very good, though. But when anybody else covered LeBron, they were basically unstoppable. So this Unanobi kid, he's a rookie. Okay. He's gonna he'll see a lot of time on LeBron, and like I said, he said he even said LeBron even said he's physically drained. But
0: and that's the thing, you now you got a rookie who probably hasn't played as many minutes or has as much wear and tear on his body, excited to go against the best player in the world, at home for the first two with them off of what they had to do in Game Seven. I'm telling you, it's a recipe for disaster for Cleveland, and I know it benefits me. And I know it hurts you to lose the bananas, but I am staying with the field. And I believe, if I'm correct, that I had chosen Toronto and Philly in the Eastern Conference Finals when you told me to, to pick what I thought. And looking at the Celtics' 76ers series and Jalen Brown, grade one strain in the hamstring, don't really know what you're going to get out of him this series. Anthony Rinaldi, do you think that Boston Celtics have enough to beat Embiid? Simmons in the process Over there in Philadelphia
1: If that is the case Build a statue Of Brad Stevens right now I mean that dude we deserve it. He deserves it Where they are he, right now He is He is put He's He's carrying his team On his back Carrying this lineup With duct tape and glue man I mean You I, Like you said Jalen Brown went down Is he playing I, I believe their game Is going on right now I'm not sure if he's in or not, but they said they'll probably have limited minutes of anything. How you know, did he, he not play in round two the first playoff? Right, but it's
0: a grade one strain. But
1: see, but the question is, because I mean, you think about it,
0: there, people believe, and I don't think there ever was a chance that Gordon Hayward was coming back, but the Celtics are very cautious about things like that. They understand the importance of early season injuries with these young guys or their franchise cornerstones, and Gordon Hayward, you heard, you heard Brad Stevens say it over and over again, he's not coming back this year. I could see the same thing with Jalen Brown. Yeah, they might put him on the bench and say he's available, but only use him in minutes that they really need him in because you don't want that next 10 to 15 years of his high basketball ability and ability to help your franchise compete for championships hurt because of a year that, I mean, you don't want to admit that you probably don't have enough to win the title, but
1: realistically, you don't have enough to win the title. How good would this team look with a Kyrie Irving and and Gordon Gordon Hayward? Hayward. But let me tell you, I mean, if Jalen Brown does struggle to find the minutes, this is going to be all... All all rise on all rest on J- Jason Tatum's shoulders. Yes. And you know these two He's characters so good, but These two characters will be forever linked. Jason Tatum and Markel Fultz. Because they were swapped before the draft. Philly and Boston swapped the one and three pick. Obviously Philly chose Markel Fultz. Dude, can't find a jump shot. And Jason Tatum. How good would Philly look with Jason Tatum in that lineup? Oh, I can't imagine.
0: And that's what was so crazy about that draft. Because we always talk about that with the Knicks.
1: Ugh, stop but, talking about I mean, think about the draft. Like you always. I said my resume in the coach, by the way. So I, I apologize, AA ball fans, if I'm absent a few days on the podcast. It's because I'm coaching the New York Knicks. Well, it looks like we'll be getting sideline tickets.
0: You know who else has been big for the Celtics that I don't think is getting enough love? Al Horford. Oh, dude, I wrote a whole paragraph. But I'm, I'm, Al oh, Horford has Oh, been man, man. Al Horford. 18.1 points per game, 8.7 rebounds per game, 3.3 assists per game, and 1.4 blocks per game. In the seven-game series against the Milwaukee Bucks, he bookended that series too. He had a solid game one and a solid game seven. And he had to guard Giannis Antetokounmpo, who could arguably want to be one of the hardest guards in the NBA.
1: Oh, without a doubt, and he 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 guards. He'll be guarding a lot of Ben Simmons and Embiid, which you know is going to be always a tough a tough matchup. But, but that's my question. He's that savvy he, vet. Andrew. Can he handle both? I mean, that's a lot. Oh,
0: yeah. He's going to get... A, he had a lot of Simmons in the regular season. When these two matched up in the regular season... Well, they played at the Bain's. It period. was a lot of
1: minutes, yeah. yeah. That big that big monster will cover Embiid. Yeah. But Embiid will dance circles around him. Uh, but you're right. I mean, Hawford... Listen, in, in the in the regular season matchups against him, he guarded Simmons, I would say, two-thirds at a time. And then he, he guarded Embiid the other time. And he, he didn't shut him down, but he's a typical savvy veteran, man. He just... He'll get him in foul trouble early. He draws him out because he can knock down a long jump shot, even hit a three once in a while. So that'll open the paint up a little bit for that slash of Jason Tatum. Al Holford does a lot for your team, and that was one of the most underrated pickups by by what's-his-face. Uh, where's my stat guy? Who's the GM for the Celtics? Danny Ames. Okay, there you go. See, I told you, if I just bullshit long enough, you'll you'll figure you will draw it out. out of you.
0: But so does that answer the question, do they have enough to beat the 76ers? Because I, I don't think they deal at the end. I think at the end of the day, the way the Sixers have been playing the last month, month and a half, how banged up the Celtics are, and the fact that Joel Embiid arguably could be making his way to a top five player in the NBA. The mass magician Joel Embiid. And then Ben Simmons is just, wow. I just don't think the Celtics have enough depth. I'm going to say it right now. I think it's a sixth game. I think Brad Stevens is good enough, like you said before, to draw up a game plan, to find a way to steal two wins in that series. I think they'll win game, whatever. The first
1: game they play at in Boston, they'll win that game, okay? I agree with you. In, in the previous series with the Celtics, didn't every home team win? Yes. That I mean, happened a lot last year. Do, too, you think the, do you think the Boston Garden has that kind of magic? Yes. 100%. Gonna, and I mean, how many times did they face off the Celtics in Philly? 20-some times, right, back in the day? That, and I
0: heard that the 76ers were watching film on the old-school rivalry to learn about the series between the Celtics and understand the history of what they're about to embark
1: on, as you may. I'm going to say something crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this little nugget stat on your boy Ben Simmons. I'm going to say something crazy, which is probably going to drive Angelo Rinaldi, owner of Hawthorne Glass, a little crazy. What do you got? You know your boy Ben Simmons was only four assists away from averaging a triple-double in the first series, opening series. That's unbelievable. In his rookie year. I'm going to say this. He's 6'10". I want to say he's the modern-day Magic Johnson. Wow. To that, you say what? In 15 years, will Ben
0: Simmons have changed the game? Because that's what Magic Johnson did. You're right. Magic yeah. Johnson changed the game of basketball at the point guard position. Guarded all
1: five positions, didn't he? Yes. Took a took a tip off every once in a while. Yes. Had that sky hook, that nasty little elbowed sky hook jump shot. Will Ben Simmons have changed the game? He's six foot ten with a stupid handle. Sees the entire court. Can't shoot though. And if that dude works on a on a if he ever works on an outdoor outdoor an outside jump shot. He could be something something fierce in the NBA, dude. I mean, 6 foot 10 with that kind of ability and that kind of handle. I mean, come on. In the
0: Western Conference, do you think New Orleans or Utah even has a chance against Golden State or Houston? Or do you think we're watching eight total games between the two series and a head-to-head matchup of Golden State versus Houston?
1: Man, I was so pumped for that Utah Houston game, dude. I'm so sad about the Thunder, but yeah. Oh, come on. Once the
0: the Thunder lost, right, it was okay for me to say, yo, Donovan Mitchell and
1: the Utah Jazz are a fun team to watch. Write this down or remember it. I want to have a Friday dab, one of these dabs. On your OKC and their future. Yes, because your boy Melo is such now, a bum. I'm not happy about it. Such a bum, it. that dude. I'm not
0: happy. How do you come out and say, "Stay Mellow"? You, I'm not going to sit on the bench. Listen, I get it. The cards are in theory in his hands. He has the 28 million dollar player opt in for another year. He can opt into that. But if I'm OKC, Anthony, I'm coming back and I'm being like, hey, Carmelo, listen, we understand that you think that you don't you don't deserve to sit on the bench. But if you come back to play for the Thunder next year and you opt into that 28 mil, you're going to be the most expensive bench player in the NBA because you're not going to be starting on our roster.
1: So we can't be talking about a team that's
0: mostly playing golf right now. I'm not. I'm not it's unbelievable that. They cannot find a way to build around Russell Westbrook. We will Friday dab about that because I have so much written down. Russ took 43 shots in game six, and That's crazy. 43 shots. 19 from behind the arc. Are we hey. not at a point where Russell Westbrook doesn't need to be taking 40? You have Paul George. We have Carmelo Anthony. Steven Adams was P. The old,
1: playoff P was terrible. Listen, he did his best Allen Anderson. Remember Allen Anderson would drop like 49 points in like. Every game, but he was like 17 of 52. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, unbelievable. So, yeah. See, that's the problem. He they can't... don't have a
0: system. They don't run any plays. That's... It's just, this is Russ, get the ball and go. I was watching clips. I, I'm fired up, Anthony. I was watching clips of some of the pull up jumpers that he was taking from about 20 feet away, and they're just so bad. You go set up for the pick and roll with Steven Adams and you never you don't really pick and you don't really roll. It's just Steven Adams comes up, kinda of throws his body into a defender, and Russell just takes a left step and shoots the ball and misses. I mean, what are we doing? No offensive system. That is a Friday dab in the future. But Utah, I don't I don't know, Anthony. If they have enough firepower. No, I'm not even close to. Nor, and I was excited about New Orleans, but nor do I believe they have enough firepower.
1: Either. No, you know what I think that I think they're going to steal one one game or two. I'll give them I'll the Pelicans two. Did they fool us? You know, I, I think I, I think Portland, Portland fooled fool us. Portland I think that works. was a, a very weak three seed. I think they spent all their energy, like you said, thing in one of the earlier podcasts. They blew their load getting to that three hole. Yeah, and then cool. had nothing left in the tank. I think that was just a bad matchup nightmare for Portland. I mean, who's going to cover Anthony Davis? Mason Plumley? No, thanks.
0: Well, see, that's where you're missing. DeMarcus Cousins for New Orleans Pelicans because that's a matchup nightmare for Golden State because he can stretch the floor with his ability to play down low as a big and play outside as a three-point shooter. Think about what you have in Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins and who's the other defender besides Draymond Green. Yeah, you can put Kevin Durant on one of those guys, but I would believe that Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins are significantly more physical basketball players than Kevin Durant would be. And I would take either of them in that matchup if that was what had to be matched up. And I think that's what's disappointing about this series to me is it would be so much more intriguing if DeMarcus Cousins was on this roster for the Pelicans because the matchup difference on defense for Golden State would be so much different that it would actually, I feel like, give
1: New Orleans a chance to actually possibly take this series. Check this out. Since Boogie went down, the Pelicans rank first in the NBA in both pace and fast break points per game. So you know they want to get up and run. And that means, I don't feel. if you... That running gun offense may not work against Golden State because they want to get up and run. If you start chucking up shots and get those long rebounds. You know they're going to be breaking down court and they're going to get easy two-point bunnies, man. But
0: that's what I'm saying. You want the slowed-down game against Golden State. This is the only time you want to be able to run the half-court set efficiently because if you run the half-court set and you're able to make buckets in a 15- to 20-second time span, you're not allowing them to control the pace of play. And like you said before, you're not allowing them to get those misses and get out in transition. But I agree. I think they could win two. Maybe this could be a six-game series, but at the end of the day, my bet is it's a five. New Orleans takes one in New Orleans. That is my guess. Steph Curry is to return for game two on Tuesday night in this series. So look for his integration back
1: into the Golden State Warriors offense. See, now that, that intrigues me. You know, I, As much as I want to see Steph back, knock that rust off. Cause he hasn't played, I think, since like March twenty third or something like that. But maybe I, I think you in him game two. You see how that goes. You know what? Or maybe dress him but don't play him. And if you're if you maybe lose a half or something, maybe you need him. But he doesn't need to come back. Exactly. Does he? I think to yes, can
0: win the series
1: without him. Right. I, I don't agree. think he needs to play the series. Check out this Steve. Once uh, once they knew Steph wasn't going to be in the playoff picture for the first round, they kind of moved their offense, shifted their offense, to the end of the season a little bit, and made KD. Play the point forward. And you can't kind of see that now with LeBron does that a lot, has a ball in his hand. That's why I think Kyrie wanted to leave a little bit too. I know he didn't really like playing with LeBron anymore. His his shadow was too much, the pressure was too much playing with LeBron. But I think it's because the ball wasn't in his hands True. as much. True. So you see KD now playing that point forward role. Dude's averaging 28.2 points, 8.6 rebounds, 5.2 assists. Not bad. He's just probably. The
0: second, because LeBron James is the best player in the world. Kevin Durant is the second best player in the world. I would argue that LeBron James is 1A and Kevin Durant's 1B because it's almost like they're the same player in two different forms. Both of them can play all five positions on the floor. Both of them can run the offense, coach the team, and if they needed to, carry their entire team in any way, shape, or form on any given night. That is the crazy thing. Do you
1: remember how we talked about LeBron not having any cast of characters to help him? Golden State had six players in double figures in Game One. Clay Thompson is so good. Dude, come to the Knicks, Clay. Come Clay come Thompson to New York, is bro. so good. Get on the Dad podcast, bro. Come on, Clay. Does Clay Thompson deserve his brother a chance? plays
0: for the Yankees? Does he? Does Clay Thompson deserve deserve a chance to be the star on a team A and B?
1: Is he good enough to be the star on a team? He's 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 lying in the weeds way he wants that role, you know, with Steph Curry. Then all of a sudden, KD comes there. You kind of feel like he kind of got the third man, the third wheel. I mean, he's embraced it, and the dude—I mean—comes back from thumb surgery, and I think it improved his shot. If that—if that makes sense. This is not a
0: fan comment. This is not a fan comment, and it's never going to happen. I don't see it making it happening. But does Clay Thompson, if Paul George doesn't resign with the Thunder, and you figure out the mellow situation, does Clay Thompson kind of make sense if you kind of run it? Like an offensive scheme like Houston's figured out, where Paul, Chris Paul and James Harden play majority of the time off the floor together, and then when they need to, they play minutes together. Couldn't you see Russell and Clay Thompson being a fantastic fit together in that manner? Oh, man.
1: It's like your Dolphin, man. You want everybody. I, I'm not, but truthfully, not as a fan. Basketball status only. He fits in every system, dude. There's, there's not one team in NBA that wouldn't benefit from a Clay Thompson. <laughs> But I think he's going to la-la land, man. He's going back home. He wants to go back home.
0: And I, honestly, I don't blame him because I think what, what Los Angeles is doing is fantastic. And again,
1: I, I I trusted Magic Johnson. I heard this nugget from your boy Stephen A. today. He said if Philly fails to, to nail LeBron, they're going to make a heavy push for playoff P. Wow. Imagine him in a Sixer uniform. Wow. That's pretty well, nice, too.
0: What I saw is Paul George said the exact same thing he said at the end of his last season with Indiana. Almost to a T. So that pretty much tells me that next year I'll be left with Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony to probably not make the playoffs in OKC. Which I wouldn't mind if they lost an entire year. Russell didn't play a lot of basketball, kind of rested his body. They got a top five draft pick and then came back.
1: I wouldn't mind that at all. I mean, listen, Westbrook's going to carry you to a playoff push because that dude's got an endless motor and there's just no quit. That dude's got so much fire. It's a shame they can't build around him. I mean, they're trying to. You had James Harden and Kevin Durant, but that seems like that seems like decades ago, doesn't it? Oh my God! And and they were in the finals
0: in 2012, but it, it feels like a lifetime ago. Anthony, how you feeling over there? I know you're you're probably feeling better than the Thunder right now. W- would you agree? Oh,
1: I mean, always. I'm still uh, here. All right. Still so talking NBA playoffs.
0: So if I turn on the game show music. Are you going to bounce back after a tough week last week? (laughs) All right! (laughs) It is another episode of What Does Anthony Know About Sports? Not a whole lot. Probably another day when he's going to complain and another day when I'm going to enjoy him complaining. Give give me 1912
1: hockey questions, bro. Go ahead.
0: Let's start it off. In 1800 BC, Jesus Christ... No, I'm kidding. At question number one. In 1985, Bernard King of the Who, New York Knickerbockers, won the NBA scoring title. He was the last Nick to win the NBA scoring title until what Nick in
1: 2012 2013? That would be Carmelo Anthony. Correct. That's a, BK's his boy, man. He, he grew up loving Bernard King. He, he developed his game around that almost got to feel bad for Bernard King that way, Melo turned out. Carmelo
0: Anthony was the scoring champion. I'm back on the way, Andrew. Let's go. 2012-2013, you asked for cookies, i give you cookies. Cookie! Question two. Anthony Rinaldi, one country has played in every World Cup. Can you name that country?
1: What does Anthony know about soccer? <laughs> oh, man. My, Italian, my grandparents are rolling over in their grave right now by Italian heritage. Five seconds. I'm going to try to take a shot in the dark. I'm going to go with Spain. Brazil is was the gonna, only was country to have played
0: in every World Cup. one for 2 on what does Anthony know about sports. Okay. The final question this might take a second, but I actually think you can get this one because I believe in your basketball knowledge. So, question three. There are seven players in NBA history to score 3,000 points, okay? I'm going to give you the victory if you name at least four of them, which is over half, but can you name all seven? No.
1: Seven guys, sort of a 3,000. What? 30,000. 30,000. 30, Let's go with Kareem. Okay. Jordan. Okay. Is LeBron up there? Yep. He is this year. He is this year. Oh, I'm going to just move it along. I got three.
0: You got MJ, Kareem, LeBron. You're missing Kobe, Carl Malone, Wilt Chamberlain, and Dirk Nowitzki. Wow. So that is a one-for-three showing. For Anthony Rinaldi today, on what does Anthony know about sports? Better than your 0-3 showing. You stepped up to the plate. I'm glad I brought a basketball question into play. I really thought you were going to know the 30,000-point one. It's a pretty unbelievable list, and I think LeBron James is going to be close to the top, if not at the top, by the time he's done, because he is playing that well right now. Anthony, you know who did a very good job in the NFL
1: draft? Who? The Denver Broncos. Wow, dude. Bradley Chubb. Von Miller, that's, they're going to be That's the Marcus Weir light right there. Really. And we,
0: we talked about it before the draft. And obviously, we'll get into it with our what he got in a little bit. But we talked about it. You wanted them to draft Baker Mayfield, okay? Oops. I, I didn't have Baker Mayfield in the top five. We were both – everyone in America was ridiculously wrong. Baker Mayfield gets drafted first overall, and we're all – That dude's
1: got to eat horse poop now. That commentator.
0: Bradley Chubb goes to Denver, goes to the Denver Broncos. And all of a sudden with Case Keenum, with the addition of a big defensive piece, a few more guys that I know you want to get into that they drafted, you just take a step back, look at what John Elway did in the 2018 draft, and say, you kind of really love the Denver Broncos
1: next season. Oh, they will be easily a playoff powerhouse if that offense does get a little roll. Like you said, they still got the Thomas out there catching balls. Case Keenum, you know you're going to get a solid QB performance out of him. He's not going to wow you. He's not going to dr- drill down, you know, 70-yard bombs. But defensively, they got to you know shore up the cornerbacks. But they're going to have a solid group of players up the middle. They picked up a running back, a wide receiver,
0: and a quarterback in the second, third, and fourth round. Uh, I think everything is really a crapshoot in the NFL draft. I don't know if you would agree or disagree with that, but, I mean, the numbers on quarterbacks drafted in the first round in the history of the NFL is a 50% success rate. So I think that kind of gives you an idea of what you're dealing with in the NFL draft as you go farther, deeper into the draft. But, and, you look at what the grades have been kind of all over football after the draft, and I've seen a lot of A's. A-minuses for the Denver Broncos. I can't not agree. One thing that does scare me, and I, I don't know if you agree or disagree, because the Giants the Giants drafted Saquon Barkley. But the one thing that scares me is, what if Case
1: Keenum was a one-year wonder guy? That's You're right. That's probably the worst-case scenario. But I think Case Keenum, you, you kind of saw the – he did a little bit, I want to say, before last year too. He kind of came on maybe at the end of this 2016 season. A little bit. And then you saw him roll it into the, the Minnesota season. He, I think, uh, didn't Sam Bradford start the year, I believe, for Minnesota? Yeah, he did. So you saw the kind of combination where he didn't get on the field until Sam Bradford got hurt. So you'll see Josh Rosen probably real soon because that dude never stays on the field, Sam Bradford, and gets paid the most money. God bless his agent. Unbelievable. But like you're talking about, man, Denver is going to be so scary. I'm interested to see this one pickup for linebacker. I watched a lot of his games in the Big Ten. He's a He tackles everything in front of him, even his mother if she's in front of him, and that's Josie Jewell. He's going to be a stud. You watch. Well, I think it
0: adds to the defense and how good they're going to be, and I think that's what John Elway looks at and says, this assures up the fact that if Case Keenum isn't the quarterback that we just signed for two years, that we have a good enough defense that even if he's just an okay quarterback, we can still make it to the playoffs, and we saw it with Peyton Manning a few years ago with the Denver Broncos. That defense was so good, all Peyton Manning needed to do was be a game manager, not turn the football over, and allow his defense to be as good as they were, put up enough points to win football games, and they went on and won a Super Bowl.
1: I think you're going to see a lot of teams do what the Minnesota Vikings built last year. you had got a strong defense, which Denver does. Check that box. You got a quarterback who's reliable. Obviously, Case Keenum did it for Minnesota. He'll do it for Denver. Check that box. Now, all you really got to do is find a running game. Even though Minnesota lost Dalvin Cook, they kind of had uh, McKinney in there a little bit, and they kind of piecemealed it this year. But with a solid defense and with a quarterback who's not going to lose your games, not going not to force the ball or create turnovers, you got a chance. And we see Denver doing that. You see the Giants. They had, uh, I believe, Gettleman was, I mean, I'm sorry, Pat Shermer. I mean, both guys were on today, but Pat Shermer was on the 12 o'clock drive on ESPN. And he said, he goes, you can see the exact same build, the model has been recreated in in New York. They got two veteran O-linemen and Nate Solder and the dude, I'm going to butcher his names, I'm not going to say it. I let's say, it's not his name. I'm just going to go with it because it sounds sounds right. They drafted That Will Hernandez kids the they truth. They draft I so I was so amped up when He's they drafted. The truth. Him. We got a we got a young guy we could plug right in probably right away and we'll plug and play absolutely Will Hernandez. You you got a few pieces from last year that kinda are alright. We got the weapons on the outside, better than you would you think Minnesota. I mean think about it. Saquon man, and Shepard man. are better than Thielen yes. and um, Diggs, although those guys are yeah, pretty good. I mean, good. they're good. Ste- right. Stephon Diggs was... Well, and, and, Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Rudolph were a pretty were solid Very core.
0: solid. And, but, but, the, but the tight end and then, for, and then, for the Giants right now... Right. What about Everton? Very good.
1: Yeah, he's kind of more like a slot receiver. though. He really is not a, your typical... True. Because he, he couldn't block me or you. It's true. And then the Giants also got... Uh, some middle linebackers, yeah, Alec Ogletree from LA, which I think is going to be a huge pickup. I thought it was a great A draft for Gettleman and his staff. I love everything Oh uh, man, did. but everybody wants that quarterback. So everyone's gonna,
0: killing him for the quarterback. See, because
1: those, Do you agree? Listen, you know me. I wanted number twenty-six as just for purposes. I already bought the family. Everyone's already got Saquon jerseys. I knew it. Custom <laughs> jerseys were sold out day one. Already top-selling jersey in NFL, bro. That's beside the point. Um, but he, listen, he's going to be. Compared to and judged with Darnell, Allen, and Rosen, because those are the three available. I won't throw Baker Mayfield in there because theoretically the Giants didn't, go didn't have the option, right? Right. And if any of those guys, I know that Aaron I know Roth, uh, Rothenberg said it, and your boy Don LaGreca said it, that if any of these quarterbacks become, you know, top of their class or you know, pro, uh, you know, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, then It'll the Giants fail. huge, yeah, huge swing. I mean Saquon could become the next Barry Sanders. And the next Gail Sayers, the next Tim Brown. I mean, but is it really gonna matter if any of these quarterbacks pan out? And I think which stings most Giant fans is the quarterback we wanted was across the locker room. And that's what's
0: unbelievable is that the Jets just sat there and arguably what people felt like was the best choice, the most the safest choice at the quarterback position, Sam Darnold. Fell right into their lap. And for the first time in a long time, the New York Jets franchise is looking at a situation where they can be set at quarterback for 10 to 15 years. And I love the fact that Josh McCown's in that locker room. And I think, I don't know if you saw what Josh McCown said the other day, where he, he spoke about how he's successful as a New York Jet
1: if essentially Sam Darnold is successful in 10 years. I'll, let you know, I'll tell you a little nugget about your boy, Josh McCown. But check this. You said 15 years, dude? He's 20. If he stays healthy, he's got at least 20 years in this league. 18 years in this what, league, dude. That's true. You know what I mean? He's a young Thunder he's a young guy. And, check and this, that's the check argument this, check this. about the running back. Josh McCown has a 19-year-old daughter who's in love with Sam Darnold. That's unbelievable. How crazy is that for Josh McCown? He's got a daughter of the same age as a dude who's going to be tutoring. That's actually very unbelievable. But
0: that just shows you. I might have made it up, but I think it's true. Somebody, so Goog- somebody Google it. That is pretty impressive for Josh McCown, to say the least, because, you know, I know he's not a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, the greatest quarterback to ever play in the game or whatnot, but he's the guy that's been in the league for, I think he's going on to his 19th year or somewhere in that range. And we talk a lot about Tom Brady. We talk a lot about Drew Brees. We talk a lot about Eli Manning, these guys. How long can they last? Aaron Rodgers, will they play into their 40s? Hey, Josh McCown's sitting there, I think, 39 years old saying to himself, hey, guys, I'm still in the league, and I know he's not going in there to be the starter this year. I think if you're the Jets, it's a really bad situation if Josh McCown is your starter at the start of the year. You don't want Sam Darnold. I think your ideal situation is Teddy Bridgewater, truthfully, in my opinion. Anthony, if you had to put your money on one of the five quarterbacks drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, and that includes Lamar Jackson, the
1: 32nd pick, the last pick in the first round, who would you put your money on? And when you say money you mean like who's gonna have the best career? Or who's gonna win more Yes the best career? Or do you say who's gonna win more Super Bowls? Is the best career? Best career.
0: Because Super Bowls to right. me is is such a subjective conversation because the team you get drafted to matters so much, but your overall career is and of course I'm a Dan
1: Marino. Uh, i was just gonna say hello, Dan Marino. Of
0: course I make that argument.
1: Wow, you know what? I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it to the the J-E-T-S. Jets. Jets. Really? Jets Because I knew, I you know, like I said, I watched the kid blow up Penn State's defense in the Rose Bowl. He obviously had a kind of a down year last year. Still obviously a good year because USC's, and it's always interesting to Jets take another USC quarterback going back to the well of the Mark Sanchez variety. Will it be a Sanchez 2.0? I think this kid's got I think he's the answer. Yeah, think he seems different. Right. I think he, the kid has the head on the shoulders, although he kind of looks like Toy Lego cop. Google that picture. <laughs> I'm at head right head now. I'll he look looks, it like, right the now. He looks like the toy cop Lego figure. He looks like the
0: Lego figure because he's got that box of a head. Yeah. He's got that. I think he's, he could be Norwegian. We're gonna have to put together a side by side of the Lego figurine and Sam Darnold. We need an I intern. Let's get an intern
1: there. for the Double oh, yeah. A Balls podcast. You a Double A turn. We'll a dab turn. Well, let me ask you a question. A dab turn. Look at you. A dab turn. What What do you think about the Baltimore Raven draft? Because I think that's gonna be either boom or bust. As Izzy Newsome took his last draft, I think it's a twenty-some year draft, 20, or twenty-two, his twenty-second draft in a row or something crazy like that for Izzy Newsome. After two thousand eighteen, the Baltimore Ravens owe
0: Joe Flacco zero guaranteed money on the remainder of his contract. Gone, sir. He's done. He's so, he Lamar Jackson gets picked. 32nd overall by them. They moved they up. They
1: traded in yes. oh, in go in up. to the first Down. round in the middle. Was they got it. him. That's all that matters, and gonna, I think it's a great thing. They're going to start slow with him, obviously, because you don't. You have Joe Flacco there. He's probably going to be it. I I can see Lamar Jackson maybe starting middle of the season, but like the Jets go back to the USC well. Baltimore goes back to the tight end well, with Hayden Hurst. I think that's a solid pickup. I, great pickup. Great ball catching tight end, also a great pass blocker. Then they go for this pick, a legacy pick, Orlando Brown. His father, Zeus Brown, played for the Ravens back in the day. Actually, sadly, passed away from a rare kidney disease that nobody knew about. And he had a terrible combine. I forgot what the reason was. Something was wrong with him. He's messed up mentally. He was having a rough, rough go of it a few days. And in the combine, he just totally tanked, and he dropped hard on the boards. And I think he went in the third or fourth round of this draft. And so I think... about. Like I said, he, they predicted him early for some first-round talent, but something happened in the, in the combine. He didn't grade out well. He didn't have his, a, a good uh, that good test. To, what's a wonder league test? So a lot of teams kind of backed away from him, which I I, kind of, I, I find that almost embarrassing that you backed away. It's mind-blowing from. to me that that even matters. But I think they're one of these teams that, like you said, with, with not only Flacco, zero hairs, you're going to see – There's a lot of young talent. You're going to see a new quarterback behind
0: center. I agree 100%. He – one thing I found really interesting about, and, and there's a lot going on in this draft and and a lot you can get into, but the one thing that really intrigued me was the comments Josh Rosen made uh, right after he was drafted. Cause, and, and, I, and I have the, his presser the next day after the draft in Arizona. But what bothered me, Anthony, and I think you're going to have close to the same opinion as me on this one, is... My man, you just got drafted 10th overall in the NFL draft. I don't care if there were nine total quarterbacks taken in front of you. You were just drafted 10th overall in the NFL draft. You get to go to a franchise that has been a pretty consistent contender over the last 10 years and, oh, by the way, has one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game of football. He's going to walk into the Hall of Fame, and you're sitting there all pissed off and upset because nine people got drafted in front of you. And then, as he says the next day, and I'll bring up the audio here in a second, three
1: quarterbacks got taken in front of him. I mean, listen, that's just the athlete today has a chip on their shoulder, wants to prove to everybody that if you don't take me with the number one pick, you're obviously making a mistake on the best things in sliced bread. Listen, you gotta like the fight in you know? them. It's something that you know, a lot of quarterbacks need. I think every, I think like every leader of, of men need to be that type A personality. Need to be able to lead a group. Like I said, he's he's been walking into a group of you know some of these guys be 37, 38 years old. You know, could listen to a, a young kid quarterback. Because you know Sam Bradford's getting hurt. Like I said earlier, I think he's gonna be the first one on the field just by matter of fact. Cause Sam Bradford's gonna sneeze and blow out a knee. I think you're putting bananas on Sam Bradford getting hurt. Oh, easily. I'll put bananas on by week five, son.
0: Here's what Josh Rosen said the next day after the draft at his press conference. Uh, uh, not as not as angry that, that there were nine guys ahead of me, just the three quarterbacks. That that's kinda what gets to me. Um, so uh there are there were three big mistakes um, ahead of me. And uh but honestly it's a blessing in disguise. Um this, this is an unbelievable, um, unbelievable team that uh, I think is really, really primed and set to do some incredible things in the future. And I think I I think I just very simply lucked out. And that's Josh Rosen speaking to the media the next day. So you hear him say, I made a little bit of a mistake. There were a nine pick mistakes. There were three. It was just the three quarterbacks. At the end of the day, yeah, I agree with you. I do love the coming into the NFL Fired up, you feel like you're better than a lot of people and you should have been drafted higher. But at the end of the day, and he did say it, he realized he lucked out. He, you're in a fantastic situation, my man. And part of it is, yeah, you want to get drafted as high as possible because A, the money value, and B, because you just want to. But at the end of the day, the situation has to be the best. And to answer the question I asked you before, I think it's going to be Josh Rosen that pans out the best. At first, I didn't, and I don't like the comments. But for some reason, I feel like him being in Arizona, it's just going to work out. And the big thing to me is, one, Larry Fitzgerald, but two, when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Kurt Warner as one of the best players to ever play in that franchise and bring them to a Super Bowl, and you have a second-round draft pick in, I think it was name. His name is Christian Kirk. He's from Texas A and M. He's wide receiver from Texas A and M. Who is a guy that you know very well. Who's a highly talented prospect. And you're coming together to a great, a great situation again. Larry Fitzgerald with Hall of Famers in the building all the time. I look at that and say Josh Rosen is going to be set up for success in his career. I think there's some
1: bananas to split.
0: There might have to be, but we have to first find out about the bananas with LeBron James and the field. The Miami Dolphins, I'd be upset if I didn't bring it up, but Anthony, they picked Micah Fitzpatrick. And I had so much fun watching this guy's highlight reel on YouTube. He is so good, and the most impressive part about it is, one, the Dolphins got lucky he was there at 11 because there was a lot of guys that said they thought Minka Fitzpatrick was one of, if not the best player in the draft. Someone that, like a Saquon Barkley, you feel like is a can't-miss prospect. You You have a good feeling about drafting him. And for the Dolphins to get him at 11, they needed cornerback help. They needed safety help. They needed slot corner help. And he, he fills all three voids. Um, I heard somebody say he could play six positions on the field on the defensive side. He was the all-time leader in return TD interceptions in Alabama. He had four in his three-year career. And just to understand how smart of a football guy he is, As an 18-year-old freshman, Anthony, he stepped into Nick Saban's defense, which is said to be as close to an NFL defense as possible, and apparently played the most important cornerback position in that defense his freshman year. And Nick Saban essentially gave him the keys to run with the defense for three years before going to the NFL draft. That's how good and how smart his football IQ is. I think the Dolphins got a can't-miss prospect. And then somebody close to you... A tight end out of Penn State. Big
1: pickup. 10th pick in the second round for the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to tell you, you're going to like the Alabama kid just because you you see Landon Collins on the Giants daily in and out. That's the kind of safety defensive back you get out of a Nick Saban run team. And you will like Mike Kosecki. Kid's an athlete. Kid can catch the ball. He goes up and catches the ball, which is always nice for a tight end. I think you might have reached for him a little bit. Uh, I think it's, you know he could have been come a little later, but like you said, I know you got to you got to give your boy Tannehill some weapons. Are you a little worried that they didn't go quarterback? I know a lot of Giant fans were worried Giant Tannehill. You do like Tana. I like Tannehill. I like his wife. She's very very <laughs> that's, smart. That's
0: very 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 nice of you. I'm sure I'm sure he would love to know that. But I love him because before he got injured, the year that they went to the playoffs and lost to Pittsburgh. Ryan Tannehill was having a fantastic year. It was his fifth year in the league. He'd finally come into his own. Adam Gates was in his first year as the head coach. They were clicking on all cylinders. Things were looking good. And then the ACL injury happened. And then they didn't get the surgery, and they opted for him to do rehab. And then he came back, and he tore it fully. Then he had to get the surgery. And that's the problem is people forget that because his first three-and-a-half years in the league – Four almost years in the league weren't anything special. That fifth year, his first year with Adam Adam Gase, was fantastic. That's why I love what the Dolphins did. They stayed status quo. Hey, you know what? If If a quarterback falls to us like a Baker Mayfield or like a possible Josh Rosen who almost was sitting there at 11 he was drafted 10th overall by the Cardinals... Possibly falls to us, we'll pick him. But at the end of the day, we're going to take the best available player. And it happened to be exactly what the Miami Dolphins needed because I think Ryan Tannehill is a very viable option, be it that he's healthy for the
1: Dolphins to be a playoff contender. Listen, you've got some weapons Kenyon Drake, right? Running back. You lost Landry, but I'm sure you can fill that with some veteran wide receivers. And like I said, it's, it's got to stay, it's all come down to health with Tannehill. If he stays healthy, you saw what they can do. They could, they, could, they could be a wild card. You know the, the Patriots aren't perfect. See a lot of interesting moves up there in New England. Yes, the Jets, very the Jets. The Jets are nothing. To, I mean, listen, they got. They're getting it. better though. They're getting better, but again, I have no idea what kind of weaponry that Sam Darnold's going to throw to out there. Tell you the truth, I mean, I like Curse. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. I mean, Robbie. Ander, I mean, uh, Robbie Anderson's a bum, and uh, they have no, no tight end. Running game, Blalalal Powell's nice, but he's nothing to sneeze at. So, I think the Dolphins wild, wild west out there, Andrew. You yeah, get, you get yourself a healthy quarterback, you find yourself some outside weapons, and let's go. You're starting
0: to get into a spot where the AFC East could be winnable again. Two other cool stories in the NFL I want to get to real quick. Shakiv, Shakim Griffin drafted in the fifth round by the Seahawks. We had talked about him. The cool part about that, obviously, Shakim. Griffin uh, lost his arm when he was four years old as a fantastic linebacker, the AAC Player of the Year for University of Central Florida. He joins his twin brother, Shaquille Griffin, who was drafted last year by the Seahawks. So that's a really cool story. The other cool story in the NFL draft was the Eagles' last pick in the seventh round. Jordan Mulatto is a 20-year-old Samoan rugby player from Australia. This dude is 6'7", 346 pounds. His arm is... Are 36 inches long. He's got 11 inch hands, and I watched tape of him playing rugby, Anthony. And it is z- there's zero percent chance I want to be in front of him ever when he has the football in his hand. What's his position going to be? I think it could be tight end. Tight end. I mean, watching him run, he ran a four at at 346. Like he is bulldozing people when you watch his tape. Playing rugby. It is unbelievable. So two cool stories out of the NFL there. So a a fun draft this year, 2018 draft, and a lot to get into the offseason with the programs, with the most likely Odell Beckham Jr. controversy that will always stay looming around the New York Giants. You know what isn't a controversy though, Anthony? It is springtime and it is getting warm. Well, actually it might be a controversy because Mother Nature can't make up its mind, but either way, when it is springtime, It means you have to fix any broken windows or any busted screens. And if you're tired of that outdated shower curtain, go ahead and give Angelo a call at Hawthorne Glass, 973-427-4344. He's got three decades of quality service in the glass industry, shower doors, tabletops, storefronts, windows. Thermo pains and more. He does it all, folks. Call Angelo. Use the promo code Double A Balls for 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne Glass. That's Angelo, and it's nine seven three four two seven four three four four. We had a little bit of what do you got action coming your way. You we had the NFL draft last week. We have Anthony taking a fifteen to thirteen lead over Andrew at 13-15 and 15 because of his two-point winner with the NFL draft. Anthony got four picks right of the top five in the first round, so I give him a lot of credit for that. Maybe they weren't in the exact order besides that Saquon Barkley pick, but he got them right, so I give him credit. I only got three right, so Anthony takes the two points.
1: Give me the points, Andrew. Give me the points. So, he is back
0: on his high horse. So, we are going to let him get started here
1: on this episode 16 version of What Do You Got? What Do You Got? Let's go right to it, Andrew. I want to go right to the... Let's go to the ice, brother. Give it to me. I want a beer bong out of a catfish tomorrow. I'm watching the Predators versus the Jets. Give me game three, Nashville. I'm taking. I'm riding Nashville's coattails. That's my. That's my new hockey team, Andrew. Wow. Just for you. This is my new hockey team. I'm watching. I'm, I don't know who I should pick my player though. I got so many guys I want to talk about, Andrew. Well, we can do Pekarene. I think that. Well,
0: I'm, I, like, I'm not going to give it to you actually. I mean, I mean got pulled in game one. He gave up three goals in his first 16 shots. He's you Pecorino. It? He's got nearly Peckarina. I You, like right, you gotta got
1: trust a dude named Pecorino.
0: The Lightning defeat the Bruins four to two, so that series is tied, one to one, going into Game Three in Boston.
1: Big game 2 win for the Lightning. All right. So, so since you don't want me to take Pecorino because you want me to pick somebody else because you got pulled, I'm gonna go with a little bit of offensive action here. My man's gonna score about 98 points tomorrow. It's physically impossible. Give me Philip Forsberg. Oh, wow. Give me the left winger. All right. Andrew, you can't even come close to coming to my standard of what do you got. But you can tell me. You can tell the audience what do you got. Because I'm going to sit back and relax because I locked up two more points. What do you got?
0: I'm back on the baseball diamond. And before I tell you. Homer pick. Coach of baseball. Before I tell you what my what do you got pick is, we're going to let you know that the reason there's no baseball on this what do you got episode is because. News Flash, we will be doing our Friday morning dab, all MLB baseball edition, so tune in on Friday morning. So, my what do you got, Anthony Rinaldi, is your New York Yankees. They are Browns playing Bombers. the Houston Astros in a big time series right now. They won nine in a row going into playing the Astros. They have a game on Wednesday night, the SPN Wednesday night game of the week. It's at 8 p.m., and it features. Louis Severino versus Dallas Keichel. So I'm taking Louis Severino as my player pick for this version of What Do You Got. That's going to be a good game, a good series. I think it's going to give you an idea. One, I'm sure the Yankees are still a little salty. Lose Game 7 last year in the playoffs against the Astros. You want to come in. You want to send a message early in the season. But at the end of the day, it's a big game. The The, the Red Sox aren't playing very well right now. They, they have lost five of, I believe, their last eight. The Yankees have won nine in a row. They're playing very well. It's a chance for you to continue to rise up in the standings. Toronto's eh. You know, the, the the Rays went on a streak, but they're not going to be anything that's better than the Yankees anyways. So it's your time. And you can't afford to do anything less than split this series if not take it with the
1: Houston Astros. Your boy Michael Kay was amped up today saying how mad he was that the back page story was Yankees looking for redemption against Houston. Like, no. Like, we can't get back game seven. We lost game seven. There's no way we can get redemption by beating them. In a meaningless series in April, May—not meaningless—but obviously, you want to do a litmus it's test. It's not the on your same team. as Game Seven of the AL. You're never going to—you you can't ask Houston back for the rings. Uh, there's no until we get back to a Game Seven where we beat Houston. There's, it don't matter. Even that don't matter because they still won the ship. They still won the championship. So, you can't take it away. So that, for, for a newspaper, that's why no one reads it today in a newspaper. Put headlines like it's a redemption series. For, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's just... It's really just a test to a see. series. Exactly. To Listen, see How good are you compared to one of the best teams in the MLB? Right. We had nine straight. It's obviously not going to be easy in Houston because I think last year in the four games, I think we scored a whopping three runs in those four games in Houston. So clearly, and we, well, right now they have zero, so clearly we can't score in Houston, and zero runs will not win you many games in baseball, right. Andrew. And,
0: and their pitching staff is so good, and that's why I, I pick Luis Severino as my guy, because he's the guy that you always expect you're going to get one win out of every series that he throws in, and, and you need that one against a tough Just a tough arm in Dallas, Keuchel. So Anthony Nashville versus the Jets. Tuesday night, and he got Philip Forsberg. Andrew Wednesday night, Yankees versus Astros. He's got Luis Severino. Friday morning dab, all MLB edition. So if you want more of this conversation,
1: you better tune in on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Podbean. A little nugget for you for Friday. You hear your boy Corey Seager. Tommy John surgery. Corey Seager out for the year. Unbelievable. And Tommy I just John free is everywhere. Free fall. Free fall. We will get more
0: into that on the Friday morning. Dab, like I said before, tune in on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Podbean. Of course, get us on Instagram. Get us on Twitter. Social Media Blitz. At double A Balls on both DAAB Podcast.com and PowerOnPerformance.com for the gear. Tell your friends, tell your friends. I'm Andrew Romanella. That is my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. We are the Double A Balls Podcast, and we are out. This has been the Double A Balls Podcast, powered by Power Arm Performance, your leader in baseball and softball training apparel. Visit www.powerarmperformance.com to get your apparel and start training like the pros today. Huh. Yeah. they going to me for my ambition. 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 It speaks for itself. Beautiful mm-hmm. music, pain and vision. Let me be my vision.
1: Define ambition with me. My ambition to win.